what's up, y'all? It's me, Micah, and um, I'm definitely smoking on that Dan Snyder pack right now. Definitely smoking on that Dan Snyder pack. <laughs> but you're listening to Eddie and Mike, man. I'm here with my guy. Eddie P, pleasure as always. 75, what? Mike, talk to him. Yeah, man, episode 75. We are a quarter of a century away from a century worth of episodes quantity-wise, not quantity-wise. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, um, thanks for everybody that's been rocking with us, especially if you listen to all 75 episodes. You are a goat. Like, seriously. You but, are. Um, for this episode, we're just going to talk about the commanders and their sale. Um, there's a there's a power team brewing um, with this sale. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. And after that, we'll recap the Vikings game, talk about the Eagles game, uh, take a quick break, talk about the NFL, and then we'll finish the show with the NBA and celebrating the World Series champs. Who hey, looks we like recession. We avoided a recession. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and um, yeah, like it's gonna be a fun episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, what's up with you, Eddie? What's been going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, took a shellacking this week in uh, you know, my ESPN league, not so much, but the league you and I are in. My God, I don't know who I pissed off, but man, I got beat bad. But it's okay. You know, there are worse things going on in the world. Worser. Is that a word? Um, there are greater tragedies. Uh, so yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm I'm just like you, man. I'm I'm I still can't believe it's real. And now the news coming out, all but I mean, well, all the news confirming that yeah, he's selling the team. Cause remember last episode we talked and we were like, uh at first, you know, we were unsure, and then the 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 certainty started growing and now it, it's like it, it's it's a scientific fact because and this is what's crazy the nfl themselves goodell all the other owners they're hoping this is done by march mike march you heard the ding ding <laughs> all right so march. so hold on real Only quick three months. Um, That's not long. before we get to the the next topic about the power team um you're right. We do need to go back a couple of days to Sunday morning before the Vikings game. Jay Glazer on the NFL. <laughs> My apologies. Jay Glazer on the NFL on Fox. Um, I'm not going to quote him word for word, but the gist of what he says is um, this won't be a long drawn out process. Like Eddie said, they're trying to get it done within the next um, six months. And have it finalized, not sold, but finalized by the NFL owners meetings next March. So if you're basing this on the Broncos sale that just happened a couple of months ago, um the team a lot of zeros and commas. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> like team, at least 10 to 15 of them things. The team could be sold um as early as January, December. And the price is looking to be approaching seven billion. He might not get the full seven, but Jay Glazer is saying that they might get seven billion. I don't know if it's going to be seven because it's right now the franchise is worth about five and a half. So 
in order to reach the seven, it would be a tremendous markup <laughs> um, of, of of a price. But this franchise is worth it. And you want to know how I, how I know it's worth it? According to TMZ last night, the meeting that we assumed happened, it happened <laughs> for two and a half hours in downtown Los Angeles. Potential, potential, potential future commanders, owners, Jeffrey Bezos and Sean Jay-Z Carter. They met for two hours at a restaurant and it must have went well because after Jeff Bezos left at 930 uh Pacific time, Jay-Z stayed until midnight. <laughs> so he must have was celebrated or something, man. Um, but yeah, they met and it, it a lot of bottles of crystal were potentially involved. Or no. Yeah. No, I stand corrected. Per one of his verses, I believe he is no longer affiliated with them. Basically, yeah. bot- bottles of some sort were potentially only got his own drink now. But man, but anyway, so that's they serve at commander's headquarters. You never know. Football field, whatever the name's gonna be. So so it appears that those two are down. Like those two are set, they're ready to make an offer. It's nothing. We talk about a dude that's worth 117 billion partnering with another dude that's worth 1.3 billion. Now that gap between 117 and one and 1.3 sounds like a huge gap, and it is. It's 100 and what 1615 billion. It's but a bleep ton, like the, emphasis on the bleep. <laughs> but the reason I bring up Jay Z's net worth is because he just has just enough money to be a, a minor a majority owner. Of an NFL team, if he needed to borrow the money to buy a team, so what I'm expecting is this, and this is where the power team comes into play, Eddie. You got Jeff Bezos; he financing every, well, not everything, almost everything. You got Jay Z, who's probably going to be either day to day business or heavy on the marketing for the team. But check this out: two potential minority owners have have appeared to want to join Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos to form this power team. One, Kevin Durant, um, who I believe already has an ownership in some sports team. I'm not sure. But nevertheless, um, yeah, he's looking into partnering with Jeff um, Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z. And another one that was reported yesterday, I believe by TMZ as well, um, we all know him. He's a huge risk and his commander's fan. Mr. All right, all right, all right himself, Matthew McConaughey, is looking to become a minority owner. Real now, quick, stop you. Can I get one of those portraits with the four of those guys, like, at the poker table? Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? That Like, it's usually the dogs, but then they've, they've done, like, the great rap legends who have died, all the presidents oh, who yeah, have died. Yeah. You know what I mean? I... I to to the um tens of listeners that we have <laughs> somebody jump on that because that would be a dope picture i need jay-z bezos bezos i don't know how he like i, don't, I really don't know how do we say that but uh <laughs> he and kd 
all at a perfect <laughs> chopping it up, having a good old time. Somebody so, can make it happen. So listen, um, there's two. So I already named the four: uh, Bezos, Jay Z, KD, and McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. There's two other people that may get involved or are already involved that we may not know about who has money themselves. Um, the first one is not really that big of a deal or story, but um, you know who Serena's husband is. Serena Williams' husband is, don't you? He's the guy that used to own Instagram, right? Reddit. I knew it was one of them things. So I don't say that to sound disrespectful. Like I'm sure he worked hard, uh, but no, nah, Reddit is fire. Like without Reddit, it would be a lot more. It, it wasn't meant to be disrespectful. I'm just I'm a bit out of touch. So I say one of the things. I mean, all the like these various platforms now, and you know, it's it's just yeah. Let's let's continue. <laughs> so um, yeah, he. Alex, um, Alexis, I'm sorry, Alexis Ohanian, I think that's his name, who coincidentally got in the beef with Drake last week. Drake um, oh, yeah. called him a groupie because he said, Serena, your husband's a groupie. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he basically tweeted like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, what you want uh, me to say? But the kettle black, right? Uh, I mean, I get it that Drake's a big deal, but how many different like NBA stars is I'm Drake telling you. up to like giving him that glassy eyed look? I I'm mean, telling you, you I help. Say, I ain't had to say I'm it. A big uh, sports fan too. I'm sure if I met some of these guys, I'd be psyched. I'm just all, right. all I'm saying is like, you know, it's kind of hard. It, yeah, let's continue. So get anyway, get back on topic. Um, he's you know he's rich. Like he has money. He's um. As of 2019, his net worth was 70 million. So it's if he wants stable, right? If he went it, he can um throw his hat in there. But um going back to the TMZ article, there was a person there who I didn't know. Like I didn't know who he was. I read the article and I was like, oh well, whatever. Um, but apparently he's kind of connected to a certain famous family. Corey Gamble. Do you know whose spouse that is? No. Chris Kardashian. Oh, okay. There's a my um my man on this mix. All right, all right. My man, um, my man helped me to it. That's um Chris Kardashian's husband. And yep. he's he's saying if he's at the table with Jeff, because they were he was with them. He was with Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos um yesterday. And he's saying if he's at the table with them two, you better believe that the Kardashians are involved somehow. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, they really trying to pull up this power team. Button immediately. Huh? Button needs to be mashed immediately. I'm sorry. He said pause. I don't, I don't want the commanders affiliated with that family. That's the I same just, thing he said. He is still his fan. <laughs> Why everybody hate the Kardashians like that? No, I'm not hating them. I don't want them affiliated with, like, look, did LeBron not tell Tristan Thompson to keep Chloe and the Kardashians away when they were going to multiple championships versus the uh, 
the Warriors. True. And, you know, you can make excuses that all of these people were headed for some sort of spiral, but you look at the men that have come in contact with that family and it, it just, it typically does not bode well for them. So, um, yeah, we're, we're getting off topic again, though. I mean, I know that's part no, of the shit, but... I mean, that's that's a realistic possibility, though. Like, if... Bezos and Jay-Z kind of being the two, like, like common denominators, if you will. Like, it's like, it, it's almost a guarantee that the two of them are going to team up and make an offer. Do we call them Bay-Z? Bay-Z, shut up. Jay-Zos? Jay-Zos. Prime... Prime, no, I got it. Smile that that was hilarious. Prime Dynasty, Prime Dynasty. I'm telling you, that's the. I'm like, who y'all? Who the commander's owner? Prime Dynasty. (laughs) But nah, that like, believe me, we're we're gonna have when they announce their sale. It's gonna be like. The whole entire fandom is going to go nuts. I'm talking. Hundreds of podcasts, live shows, maybe even a parade. Like, Let, um, it's going to be the shortest we can, it's going to be the most we can celebrate other than winning the Super Bowl. Huge, huge potential sale that can happen if they um, pull this off, which so, they should be able to. All right. So then what, what are we thinking um, in terms of turnaround? You know, we, we, we all know that that you can do some things to, to have some quick success, but uh, overall... Oh, like, no, I don't even know we could talk about... Team. We could talk about that yet, because it's... First of all, we're still in the middle of the season that we're about to talk about in of a few... Course. I don't think they do anything drastic during the season, but... And if is, they... You're like, the, these guys are very, very successful, and I'm sure they're using some form in business... Yeah. But like they, you know, especially if if I would imagine, for obvious reasons that Jay Z would kind of be, not that he's not, you know, valued and 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 has his own, you know, uh, uh, stake in in the company in the organization, but I imagine he would sort of be the face, if you will, of the ownership, if that makes sense. Right. So having said that. I highly doubt he's going to do that if we ain't building a winner. And and you got to think that, you know, we've been bad for a long time and are still, like, I think in the top 10 six. of all-time franchise, number six. Are you so talking about – I thought you were talking about value. You're talking about wins? No, value. That's, oh, yeah, we're number six. Doing. Yeah, number six at, like, $5.6 billion. If we can make – those necessary changes, you know, obviously change the field, improve the stadium, you know, make people want to come there and, and just take advantage of the fact that you're pulling from three States, not all of Virginia. I get it. The, you know, Virginia's big and there's some parts. Well, let's not get it twisted. Virginia is the, the, for lack of a better term, power horse behind the fan base. Like majority of the fans, the money, um, all of that comes from Northern Virginia. Like, we need Northern Virginia. That's why I hate when D, um, when Maryland and D.C. fans be like, no, Virginia this, Virginia that. Like, no. Without Virginia, there is no Redskins. We, we need it all, but the, the hope is that this is going to, you know, get us, you, you 
you know, to continue to climb back to reality, to respectability, to, you know, just being normal for lack of a better term, you know, <clears throat> for so many years, we did so many just backward things and, you know, ownership was certainly constant granted he never played it down or, you know, coached or anything like that still. So, you know, it, it's all very exciting. And then and this is great news considering what we've seen on the field, especially last week. Uh, don't know if you want to transition right into the game off of that, but. Uh, no, nah, that's cool. Yeah. Because um, we went way longer than I thought, but it's a, it's an interesting topic. Like, like I said, if they sell the team, it's huge, like huge, huge news. Um, definitely. When they when they announced the um that they that they were joining um or getting the service from Bank of America, look how huge that news was. So it's like it's just it gets bigger and bigger, like the news start of them linking up with Bank of America. And then you get the buzz that Jay Z and um Jeff Bezos are interested in tag teaming together to get the team. And now they actually met. So it's like the mm-hmm. next step is honestly, I mean, obviously to start talking. And let's be real. There's nobody that can compete with that team in any arena as far as uh, financially. Hell no. Culturally. Heck no. Um, even, bruh, I ain't even going to lie. Even on swag. Like, Jeff Bezos by himself is much more smoother than Dan Snyder ever was. Man, but then you... He's bored. Right, and then you pair with um, Jay-Z. Like, come on. It's a slam dunk. I doubt... I highly doubt the owners, the other um, owners, would even consider another person. They want Bezos. The fact that Jay-Z is with them is just... Um, a trade on top, and if they can get KD and McConaughey to pitch him, like what, a hundred million a piece? Well, competitively, they they you know they might have a problem with Washington, you know, hopefully getting better, but you know they I'm pretty sure the money the NFL makes is shared amongst the owners. I don't. No, think- I'm talking about, but it's shared. We make more money. They're going to make more money, and they're right. going to like that. That was all I was getting at. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel like like this is a slam dunk. It just it and more so the Washington Redskin football team commanders have kind of been a little bit of like a skid mark black eye on the league in terms of whether it's Dan Snyder or whether it's the name change thing. <clears throat> so, and this is you know and this they, is oh like, sorry, go ahead. no, no, that was all I was gonna say that that they're just this is a, a total 180 from that. So they're, they're going to love it. It's great. And this is why I always like laugh at people when they say Washington to, should move or um, they should um, like move to another city or something like that. I'm like, bruh, no, like they've been trashed. For over for almost thirty years now, the team has been trash. Yet they're still the sixth highest um, viable franchise. They're still number six. Um, they still have fans. You probably see them just as much as I do. They're everywhere still, even with the suckers. 
So imagine if these constant seven-win seasons, six-win seasons, these random eight-win seasons, um, these random 10-win seasons, imagine if the consistent seasons start to become eight, nine-win seasons, and you have these random 13-win seasons. Imagine what would happen to the city if that happens. Well, winning cures all for sure that like nobody's going to argue with that. But <clears throat> I got to be honest with you. I think next season and I, I don't think it truly, you know, short of maybe it being Elon Musk or Trump somehow. <laughs> I don't think I don't think people are going to trip who the owner is, to be honest. I think people would be so happy. It's not Dan Snyder. I think you'll see a lot of people come back just off of that alone. Now, should we get some big free agent names? I don't know who's going to be available. I'm not, I mean, we're going way ahead, but should we make some very big moves, coaching, general manager, players, whatever it is, and do that as well? Of course, that's going to attract people. Of course, if we win, it's going to attract people. But again, there's a lot of people that just stop showing up because they're tired of Snyder, just nickel and dime and you, like I talked about last show, with all these things that were wrong. And on top of that, the product on the field sucks. So you, you got to hope that these, you know, with Bezos having deep pockets, you got to hope that they're going to turn it around. But yeah, again, I think everybody's just going to come back just because Dan Snyder's gone. Just because. Yeah. Honestly, that's how I feel. And um, like I said, I did not plan on spending that much time on this topic. But we actually are going to transition this time. We didn't say it enough. We talk about with the game, so it's okay. Right, and we didn't say it enough this week. But believe me, next show, more news will come out, and we'll have much more to say. Um, Sunday, what was that? November 6, 2022. Kirk Cousins returns to Washington and beats Washington Commanders. 17 to 20. Um, I want to start out with the good first. Um, because the bad is so bad that we're going to spend the majority of the time on that. <clears throat> but before at um, Friday's Mammoths, let's I'm gonna talk about the good, and the good was the defense, the defense, the defense, the defense. I can officially say that they have surpassed the 2005 Redskins defense as far as my favorite defense to watch play. Now, I say that knowing that they have weaknesses, whereas the 2005 defense really didn't have any glaring weaknesses. Um, they, They have... Issues at corner, they have issues at linebacker. Safety could be better too. <clears throat> but on my, on Sunday afternoon, against a very potent, I would say potent Vikings offense, and they added another weapon in T.J. Hawkinson. I must say they held them to twenty points. Eddie, um, very very impressive performance um, performance, and the defensive line. My goodness, the defensive line. Payne, Allen, Sweat, those three are what we thought they were. They are finally becoming that. And when you add Chase Young to it, 
my goodness. And the only thing other good thing I can talk about on Sunday are the receivers. Not all of them, but definitely McLaurin and Samuel. Like, they are who we say they are. They are dogs. Give them the ball. Get it out. Get it, get it to them quicker. Just give them the down ball. But before I frown, I'll let you say whatever you got to say, and then just let me do me. Yeah, I, I got you. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to pretty much bounce it back to you. Uh, I, play calling was, I mean, for the most part, god-awful. I don't, I don't understand the predictability and then the the, the head-scratchers. Um, I, I do feel like, uh, is it Armani Rogers or Jones? Who's the quarterback? Rogers. Yeah. Got to get that kid involved more. Mm-hmm. He's like one or two plays every game. Um, you know, that, that fourth down play that really made me scratch my head, made zero sense. You know, I get that the team plays harder for chase and I love that. And I know, you know, like the touchdown is a prime example. That's it's why you guys love him. And I'm not saying I don't, you know, he's the pilot of the plane I'm on. So I'm obviously rooting for him to do well, but you watch a lot of these throws that are in the dirt or over somebody's head. Those are the throws that Carson Wentz can make. The difference is maybe Carson Wentz sometimes is afraid to make them now. I don't know. It just seems as though something is missing in his game. And he's not available, so it doesn't matter anyway. But the point is, that's why Heineke isn't the crown king that you guys thought he was based off the Tampa game. I love the gamesmanship. I love that he lays it on the line. I love all of that. I do. And, again, I'm rooting for him. But him and our, our our play calling on offense and Heineke specifically are why we lost the game. That pass that Curtis Samuel got for a touchdown, he like I heard Danny Ruye say say this. He intercepted that pass. Like if you, if if that makes sense, it's a joke, but at the same time, it, it's applicable. Like that ref one got in the way of one guy, and then Samuel just jumped and stole it. Somehow didn't get touched, and then made it in the end zone. Like, we can't rely on that kind of luck, especially when you see the way that ball was just flailing in the air. Now, he can throw it way further than I can, but I'm also not a pro. So, I'm going to defer it back to you, Mike. I just – I agree defense played pretty well, uh, all things considered especially, made made big hits, were in Kirk's face all game long. So, uh, back to you. Nah, you you definitely said some of the stuff I wanted to point out. Um, I didn't. Uh, it's it's so freaking frustrating because remember in the beginning of the season, the offense was scoring like twenty eight points, twenty five points, and the first few games it was just the defense that was just losing their mind. I hate to put it all on one person, but it does seem like that. Um, William Jackson III was the culprit on the defensive issues, especially when it came to giving up the big plays. Now, they fixed it. Wentz gets injured. Heineke comes in. We win a few games. But it's obvious to me, Eddie. Like, it's obvious that these Bamas on offense, the coaches, um... I it's hard for me the frat Scott Turner because this is my guy. And like every time I see him in the press conference, the stuff he's saying is making sense. 
Like, I understand wholeheartedly what he's saying. But damn it, like, he has to stop trying to do stuff so fancy. You said something about the fourth and one. We were in the same situation against the Titans, and it happened a couple of other times, too. I get that Heineke is um, smaller in stature. I get it. But still, run the quarterback sneak. Like, it's Heineke. Like, he might be small, but he's feisty. Like, if if the if the play can be had, it doesn't matter if it's Heineke or Wentz. They'll be able to get the first if the play is to be had. If they don't get it, it won't be because Heineke is small and Wentz is this giant. It'll be because the offensive line got blew up. Now, having said all of that, if it's fourth and one and you draw up a play, that's great. And the play should have worked. Heineke should have pulled the play off. However, you just increases you increase the chances of failure when you do that instead of just running the quarterback sneak. Every other team in the league is running the sneak on that play. For some reason, Scott Turner refuses to do the simple. On top of um, additionally, run the ball. Even when it's not working, run it. Because what it does is it tires the defense down. You have three, no, you have four running backs on your roster that you can use. Use them. Especially right now with Heineke, because he can't throw deep. He cannot throw deep. We saw what happened. Like you said, the pass was so bad. I mean, the touchdown pass was so bad that Bam was calling it an interception. That's how jacked up it is. That's how noodle his arm is. Like, <laughs> that's how trash his vision is. I love the person Heineke. Like that, and that's the problem with Turner and Heineke. We love the person. We absolutely adore the people that they are. But if we took away their names and we and we um we judged them solely on their performances and took away their names, took away the emotional attachments, nobody in their right mind will say that these two shouldn't have lost their job by now. It, the the fourth down, you could have even handed it to B Rob or done some kind of action to the fullback, but the the idea that we're going to roll Heineke out essentially losing yards because of where he started and where he ended um, via the rollout. you know, if you understand uh, what I'm trying to say, like it just, it, it made no sense. And there were other times where I felt like we were just a bit predictable. I felt like mm. we could have maybe tried to utilize the screen pass some, uh, since they were getting in our face some, we didn't try any, uh, you know, not wide receiver screen, but like, you, you know, your traditional running back screen, you kind of let them come in, you know, catch them slipping a little bit. So I don't know. But uh, I mean, that that's it. I mean, the Vikings are a solid team. Hawkerson is making them, you know, more complete. And, and that showed, especially with us having weak linebackers. So, you know, we lost and it it, it sucks. Not you know we we kind of expected we'd lose, but we were up two scores that we were winning. We had the game. I ain't even get to that yet. We the had fact, that. Thank you. Perfect transition. Um, 
My bad. That's, that's game management from a veteran staff. Like those, none of those guys are 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 green enough that they should be making that kind of mistake. Like I I get it. They were killing us, you know, at at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, when we were on offense. But you got to keep pounding the rock and then take your time getting to the line of scrimmage. Waste the clock. Rivera literally caused us two games because he challenged and plays that he should. Oh my God! Yeah, that and that and what? that that's the perfect example of how can I say it? That's why we are where we are. It's not just because of the quarterback. You can over you can overcome trash quarterback play. Kyle Shanahan gave everybody the blueprint for that. In 2019, when they made it to the Super Bowl with um, Garoppolo, you could overcome trash quarterback play. But the only reason to do that is to coach your tail off. You have to be on point as a coach. And Rivera is the complete opposite of that. From the Titans game, remember, he challenged Cam Sims um, catch when it was obvious that he didn't catch it from my couch. Eddie, it was obvious that he didn't catch it. I'll be down near it, right? When it happened, so he had a better view than anybody. He challenged that play on when Heineke scrambled, and I saw right then and near that he was nowhere near the line. Now, obviously, I got the advantage of seeing the line, and he doesn't, but I'm pretty sure somebody could have told that dude, like, it's not worth challenging. Yeah, it was third and one instead of it was third and one, too. Like, we had two plays to get the first. And everybody and their mom has been saying that um, since Sunday. Everybody has been saying that, like, why did you challenge it when it was still third down, even if he did get it? You wasting time out. You wasting a challenge. And you lost. Yeah. Like, even I- if you won, it wouldn't have made that big. <laughs> so in baseball, they have, like, they have people that are, you know, if, if they're going to challenge a particular call or a particular play, they have people watching it kind of like validating whether like, you know, like a crew, like saying like, yeah, challenge it. You know, we believe it'll be overturned or no, don't challenge it. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if if I, I would think with all the people on the sideline, they got to have some people paying attention to something like that. Uh, for football, but I, I don't know. You know, there's a, there's a little bit more time uh, that can be wasted in football ver, uh, versus baseball. But, um, you know, something I heard a story and I, I want to try to make sure I get this correctly, because I think it's when it way back when Kyle Shanahan was an offensive coordinator for the Texans. And this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, whether it's in game or whether it's part of the game plan to begin with, but that Kyle Shanahan uh, ran a uh, – Versus New England in particular, because they had Vince Wilfork at the time, who was just disruptive, just a behemoth, just ridiculous. And so to combat that, Kyle Shanahan ran various wide receiver screens and and various stretch plays. And he did it in a way where he subbed guys in and out that made Vince Wilfork have to sub in and out and made it a little bit easier. You know, it was part of the game plan. There there was some gamesmanship there because – if you get him out a few plays because he's tired or if you're wearing him out early, so that's the stuff I want us doing. Like I said, whether we plan ahead to do that or in game, you know, that I can't remember the guy's name right now off the top of my head, but I swear his name was being called every other play. He was on oh, top. Um, the Vikings defender. Yeah, it, was the G. it was like Gainwell or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I know you're talking about the Bama with the dreads. Ah, 
Um, yeah, I know you're talking oh, about that's Zedarius Smith, not Zedarius Smith, but uh, um, the other guy, well, I guess both of them, but either way, you know, those guys are getting so much penetration, let them in and catch them slipping with a screen pass. You know, Gibson's shown that he's got good hands and can make those plays. You know, he had that that nice screen play against Buffalo. He just uh, reminded me of something. So, like, make those adjustments. Even get killed. I remember um, Smith jumped off sides, like was way off sides to the point where they had to stop the play. Even a simple adjustment of um, the snap count. The snap cadence, even something as simple as that, probably could have won us the game. I don't get it. Like, he's not his father's son. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm convinced. Like, I thought eventually he would be to North Turner as Kyle Shanahan as the Mike Turner. I mean, Mike Shanahan. I said Mike Turner. Maybe, as Kyle. maybe that's just it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's. Uh, call and play is more like Mike Turner or whatever. Yeah, the wrong Turner, like the wrong um, family member or something. Like yeah. the, the mojo went to the wrong door or something. Well, I mean, we've, we've seen <laughs> at times where he's drawn up some stuff that is favorable to not only Heineke, but the weapons we have around Heineke as well. So I think that's more, you know, makes it more frustrating because you're like, all right, well, you've shown me that you can do this, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, and same with Rivera and the challenges. It might just be like a certain level of like stubbornness and like you will learn to do it my way. But okay. maybe there's a method to the madness oh. too, not with the challenging, but more so with the play calling. Maybe, you know, Scott Turner has this whole master plan of doing things a certain way to set up other things down the line. I don't know, man. We ain't even talk about what caught. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the play that truly caused us the game, like actually caused us the game. The interception. No, we didn't talk about that either. Oh. But no, the penalty on the field goal. So the Vikings were, um, it was tied 17-17. Vikings kicked the field goal. They threw a flag on John Ridgeway for crossing, uh, making contact with the center on the snap or the field goal or making contact with the snapper on the field goal. Um, somebody did a clip up of the game previously where Ridgeway was um, trying to block the kick. And he never did what he did on Sunday. He never crossed the center's face. He always rushed from the side of the center or whatever. Never crossed the face. So what people like Brian Mitchell and them are trying to say is that somehow between this week and last week, Somebody told him to do what he did because he did it twice on Sunday, by the way. They only called it once, but he did it twice. So the fact that he did it once and got away with it and did it again. Um, yeah, coaching is cooked, defense is cooked. I mean, defense is awesome, offense is cooked. Um, and that's that's for now, it sucks. But for the future, I actually feel kind of good. Um, and this is where I guess we could blend the first topic in with the second topic. Like on defense, the defense ready to rock. Like you got John Allen, you got Sweat and Young. You have those three at least for three more seasons. 
Uh, I'm sorry, for at least two more seasons. Um, there's other players that's there too that you can sign and extend, like Cam Curl and St. Juice. Like, you have players on the team now. You just need to continue to add on the defense. But offensively, I don't care if it um, it has to be blown up. The entire offense needs to be blown up. Keep Samuel, keep Samuel, keep all the skill position players, matter of fact. But as far as the coaching staff, the whole identity needs to be blown to smithereens. Like, it's not working in 2022. It, it wouldn't work in 2015, and it probably wouldn't work in 2012. Well, this is that 1990s offense, bro. But please buy our team, Mr. Bezos and Mr. Jay-Z Carter. Please buy our team. <laughs> oh, yeah. The team is ready to rock. It's the people that's running it that's trash right now. I know. But I'm just messing around. It's just because The like... team is ready to rock. So um, we went way too long on the commander segment. So I'm at 86 to NFL recap. Um, if y'all want to hear some NFL talk, it's plenty everywhere. Hey, I'll say this, though. Um, and I mean, no disrespect, I really don't, but I, I know it's only interim basis, but how, how Jeff Saturday just get immediately hired? <laughs> there's no minorities get looked at, no Rooney rule, none of that. No, nah, that's a good NFL topic to talk about. You got nobody in that building. Reggie Wayne's part of the staff, I think. So you could have had him. He's already there. Jeff Saturday, like. Again, I know the guy was a Pro Bowl center with Peyton Manning. You could argue that maybe Peyton Manning gets a little credit, you know, because of Jeff Saturday, you know, not take away from Peyton Manning, but just saying, you know, center is equally important. Having said all that, you know, I don't know it's going to change much anyway. Their, their season's <laughs> definitely done. But I feel – It's something I saw, man. I'm just like, they're just hiring this joker, like, just because – because the Raiders did that too with Mike Mayock. He's a he was a TV analyst, and I, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And they made him general manager, and it's like, yeah, be careful doing stuff like that, man. I know Jeff Saturday's at least played football, um, and was a consultant. now the Mayock the GM wasn't nowhere near as wild as, um, the Saturday coaching hire. And honestly, and you might can, you can, you can uh, vibe with me on this maybe. But this is typical of how, for white people, this is typical of how something that somebody else does wrong, another white person does wrong. And because you're attached to the issue or attached to the problem, people are going to come for you. Like, I wanted to be clear, and I know a lot of other people have been saying it already, like... This should not be an indictment on Jeff Saturday. No. Like, I don't think he was like, I want to coach the Colts and I'm going to hold these minorities down and yada, yada, yada. I honestly have, I'm pretty sure he has, he's innocent in all of this. Like, just because he's the head coach doesn't mean that he's, he should receive any other venom. Um, that as a result of this. Now, having said that, I'll also say this. 
if I was an aspiring head coach and I knew I had a legit shot at becoming an NFL head coach, do I want to put myself in that position on that team with that owner? I don't know. I don't know. But it does highlight like how a lot of people bend the rules when it comes to coaching and hiring and all that. But in my opinion, that's just the way it is. It sucks. I wish it was different, but like that's that's just the way it is. Hopefully, um, this is the last time some nonsense like this will happen. And Bama's like Nico Ryan's and um do Staley. It's funny, they're both on the Lions, too, who won in, like, whatever right now. But they're up-and-coming coordinators. Um, and then you had the older persons, like Bill Bellamy or whatever. That's the comedian. Eric uh, Bien- Eric Bien- yeah. Um, <laughs> like, um, like, you got older coordinators like him who's never had a shot. Um, like, it's just... it's. They got to do something like stuff like that is not happening anymore. Um, and but I just I really like hate that Jeff Saturday got caught up in this because that's that's really messed up and that happens so much to um white people where they get caught up in a situation that they had nothing to do with. Um, and they suffer because um, not suffer, but they. Yeah, they just get attacked for no reason, like just for being them or just for doing them. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I really wanted to say about that because everything else is just ridiculous regarding it. And Ursay, I don't think he understand when he called out Snyder. Like, thank you for doing that. Like, thank you for doing that. But bruh, don't you know you're number two on the list? Of um like shady as the spies owners, yeah. Like you legit got mug shots and pictures of you taking um you taking a picture of yourself on the toilet. Like, bruh, you're a number two on the list. Like out of all the people to call out the owner, (laughs) out of all the people to call out the owner, I can't believe he was the one. But like I said, thank you. But um, yeah. yeah. Photoshop a picture of him with an eye patch, <laughs> like Austin Powers, number two. But um, we're gonna take a quick break. Come back. Um, little NBA talk, little baseball talk, and then we out of here. Eddie and Mike will be smack back. Smack back, Jack. Luca and Shai Gilchrist, um, you know his name, Alexander. Uh, I mean, Shai Gillis, Shai Gillis, Gillis Alexander. I'm sorry. Yeah, what about him? Um, he cooking. Like, he averaging 31, 31-6-5 for the season. But Luca is, like, on a tear. 
Luca is averaging 36, 8, and 8 for the season. And, um, yeah, welcome back to Eddie and Mike, y'all. <laughs> like, we're just going to uh, keep it going. But, yeah, like I said, those two players are in the Western Conference destroying stuff right now. Um, Luca averaging 36, 8, and 8. And Shay Jillis Alexander, he's Alex, um, Alex, and he's averaging 31, 5, and 6. And for the season, I'm trying to pull up everybody records real quick. Uh, my computer don't want to mess with me. All right, man, there we go. For the season, um, the Thunder, they are still struggling. They're four and six, two games under 500. But the Mavericks, they're cooking. They're three games over 500 at um, six and three, I believe. So, yeah, it just goes to show you how stats can help elevate a team or how they can do absolutely nothing. And I'll say that I'm tying that into the Wizards. Like, that's why I really was, like, against signing Bradley Bill to the extension we signed him to. Because for as impactful as his numbers seem, um, it's just not what, that's not the reality of it all. At all. Like, he's a great scorer. Like, he has an awesome repertoire. But um, he just, I don't think he's an alpha that you can build a championship contender around. Like, it's just, it's not there. Like, it's just not there with him. And um, I think the Wizards are in trouble. They're five and six right now. They just came off a W against the Hornets last night. Um, Bill was out. He's injured right now, day to day, with a um, I'm gonna say lower body injury because I don't remember exactly what it was, but definitely a lower body injury, I believe. Um, I just, for as hopeful as I am about the Commanders and their future. I can never seem to get as hopeful for the Wizards, um, even with the roster that they have. I think it's a very solid roster, but yep. I just totally don't. Agree with you there. I don't think with their, you're not doing nothing with Bill or Przingis as your best two players. They're great bees, I believe, but as a one A. I don't, like, expecting Bill to be 1A and Porzingis to be 1B ain't happening. And you can see because Porzingis is actually playing and as more as impactful to games as Bill has been. But Bill's supposed to be the one that's leading us, whereas Porzingis has been the one that's kind of been the, um, the thermometer, so to speak, for the team. So I just, I think the coaching is suspect at times, too. I think we have way too many um, forwards. Like, there's too many forwards on the roster. So, if y'all don't, like, see me on Facebook talking about them or, like, posting about them and stuff, it's honestly because I don't don't know what else I could say to prove to anybody that this team is worth watching right now because they're simply not. 
Um, maybe after the NFL season ends, they may pick things up. But as of now, I'm just not seeing much. I'm not feeling much from the team. It's just Wizards basketball. Like, it's nothing for me to get excited about. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, it, they're they're very hot and cold. Uh, you know, I I always talk uh, highly of guys like guys like Kyle Kuzma. Um, big fan of his, and and I do think he's playing better. Uh, for me, the Beal thing, it's more the availability, and then him still kind of learning how to use that repertoire on offense and include his teammates. You know, he tends to not be as great a ball handler as you'd like him to be. You know, in, in the one on one. Facts. situation yes but in terms of just being a guard and trying to run plays he tends to make bad decisions um and and like i said it's it's i'm not saying the team goes as he goes but that that does play a part as well with the whole hot and cold thing um so i'm, I'm optimistic like i am with with every team uh really like a lot of these guys really hoping that we can see Ruri just like break out. I, I I've been saying it the last maybe two years, really, really hoping he breaks out, but uh, just talking about other NBA, you know, I've been thinking about something and Paul Pierce said this and he's got a good point. And I guess the fact that this guy won a championship without, I mean, he was traded to another team, but without having to go to another team, but you know, we give Anthony Davis a ton of crap for missing so much time. Kawhi Leonard has missed like probably two seasons by now. Does anybody complain about that? He it does seem like he gets a pass. And and I get that he won that championship with Toronto and he was a big reason. That's what's saving him. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. So that's what it is. Cause that was an impressive run. That 2019 yeah. finals. Yeah, you and you you're right because like I said, if KD doesn't get injured, they sweep the Raptors. Like, come on, like it's, it it was nothing. But um he was he was out, so you give you give the Raptors and Kawhi did um just do. But it's funny, you you mentioned the Clippers. I was gonna say about the Wizards, you know who they could really use right now? <laughs> Bradley Beal. No, John Wall. Oh, like they really need a point guard and they needed a type of point guard like wall since they got rid of wall. And that's because that's how the team is built. It's built around wall, but they're trying to squeeze Bradley Bill into that spot. And it's just quite frankly, it's not going to happen. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, unfortunately it's not. And it wasn't so bad with ish Smith because, you know, he's certainly not John wall, but he, there was a similar style of play and ish Smith was a true point guard could get people involved and could still score the ball. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's early. So who knows what will happen? Uh, you know, you got teams like Portland looking great. They've been hitting some buzzer beaters. I think they're like seven and three right now. Yeah, seven you know, and three. Um, the real the, thing is to see, like, I mean, we already know just because they, they don't look good. You got to get rid of Westbrook, but you, you got to figure something's going to give in L.A. Like they're they're not, you know, LeBron is not just going to let himself continue to waste away there. And that's pretty much what's happening right now. Um, Not so quietly, but quietly, because there are certain people that's not going to um, 
let them get away with it because they're haters. But um, the Warriors are four and seven right now. Could they be heating up? Steph Curry just went for forty-seven last night. Say hey, he he got some buckets last night. Um, and they took out who did they play? I don't remember. Uh, Sacramento. Right, and somebody was at the game. Um, somebody I know was at the game. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, they they snapped the what five game losing streak, and the five teams they lost to are not like the heavy hitters of the league. I'm talking Hornets, Pistons, Heat, Magic, and Pelicans. Only one of those teams are over 500 right now. And that's – oh, no, actually, none of those teams are. Uh, schedule? <laughs> um, oh, Dad, we ain't even previewed a Philly game. Shoot. Oh, gravy. We got oh, time. Uh, you can put out another episode. I was say, we'll put out another one for y'all before the um, – well, we might do nah, – we might do something live on Monday. You never know. It's yep. the only Monday night game of the season. But um, swinging it back to the NBA, like, it's too early. Like, that's why I hate, I hate talking about the NBA before the Super Bowl. But they're introducing this new cup, like, in-season tournament. Um, It's weird. Like, oh, and it's not even happening yet, so I ain't even going to talk about it. Like they're trying to do this in season tournament that I thought was being implemented for this season, but um it won't happen until next season. And the way it works is they'll have like cup games in November and the teams with the best record, they'll advance to a single elimination tournament in December where the other twenty two teams will just continue to play their regular schedule. And yeah. The prize for the winners is like a money prize or something. I don't know. They should, what they should do is whoever win that tournament, whatever seed, I mean, whoever wins the end season tournament should get like plus five wins put on to the end of their season win total. You know what I'm saying? Like, it should really count for something. Huh. So, like, or not even plus five for the end, for the end of the season, like for the middle of the season. So, let's say, let's, let's say, like, the Wizards, they're, they are barely qualifying for the um, end season tournament. They're like a game and a half or whatever. But let's say they win the tournament and they're five and six or whatever. But after they win the tournament, they become ten and six. Hmm. And they get an automatic like five game lead over. I mean, they get an automatic five game increase, um, five game win increase that lasts for their entire season. So if they finish five games out of the eighth playoff spot, it's just because they won the championship. I mean, win the tournament in the middle of the season. They should be rewarded for that. Like it shouldn't be an empty, an empty, um, a hollow win during the season. And you can't give them a draft pick or anything like that for winning because, like, that affects more than just that season. 
So that's what I think. I should I think it should be a five plus win. Because if a good team won, you know what I'm saying? Like if the Warriors won it and they were like sixteen and three or something, they just become twenty one and three and you really can't catch them. Yeah, it it almost has like some sort of similarity to uh, the way soccer or European and Central American, Southern American, um, South American, rather, football, uh, where they have like tournaments that go on during the season, sort of like what's going to happen here with the World Cup uh, set to start. And that'll kind of interfere with uh, a lot of league play in various leagues. Uh, but that's two different leagues, though, or two different, um, like, you know. Yeah, but so, all right, I, to give you an example, I, I'm a Madrid fan. There are Spanish tournaments in Spain that are not part of the league they play in, mm-hmm. but they go on parallel to the seasons. So like Copa del Rey, uh, Spanish Super Cup, uh, you know. But what do they get for winning? Oh, they trophies. It's it's just another tournament. Yeah, trophies and money. That's like, why that's... I said similar. Oh, like okay. in your case, you you like because the tournament would go on in season or in the middle of this season or something. That's that's kind of what I was going off of. I hear what you're saying. Um. Let's end the show talking about the 2022 World Series champions. The 106 and 56 Houston Astros. They took out the Phillies in six, I believe, four to two, um, including a game five no hitter, I believe, multiple pitch no hitter. Um, the, the, they are cheaters. We know that. And um, at this point, I, I feel like they've done enough to overcome those cheater years that they've... Um, yeah, I feel like they've done enough because they've been in the World Series every year since 2017, but... 18 or 20. But they won the, the AL pennant in 2017, 19, 21, and 22. Um, of course, you know, the Nationals took them out in the World Series in 19. The Braves got at them last season in 2021. Um, but they finally, finally won another World Series this season. Their second ever, I believe, uh yeah, their second ever. They won in 2017 and 2022. Um they cheaters, but like can we prove it this season? Can we prove it? Um the previous two seasons they made the World Series. I don't think so. So I'll say give them their just due. And um according to ESPN, they are number one in the 2023. Um, MLB power rankings. The Braves are second. Padres third. The Tampa Bay Rays are fourth. And the Dodgers round out the top five. And I'm pretty sure if I scroll all the way to the bottom of the list, you'll see none other than number 30. 
the Washington Nationals. <laughs> we're better than what? Nobody. Oh, geez, we're the worst. That's yeah, sad. I figured they would have us last, and it's all good. I understood. I understood the assignment when I clicked on the link. I knew we would be slipping. So uh, happy for Dusty. Uh, in terms of the cheating thing, you know, that happened before Dusty got there. True. But I, I'll say this, man, you know, cheating in baseball are almost as synonymous <laughs> as America and apple pie. Like you got guys in the Hall of Fame who cheated, doctoring baseballs and things of that nature. Uh you know, if they've been caught doing it before, I it's just hard for me to believe that, you know, they wouldn't keep doing it. Um, interesting uh, little uh, nugget, Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. majority of his career with uh, – or majority of what I'm about to say is with Houston, but there was a time where he pitched for the Detroit Tigers as well. Um, Verlander from Virginia as well, ODU. But – the man oh, what she got against ODU? Like, oh, nothing. I'm just saying he. That's no, I said what she had against ODU. Oh yeah, MJ in the background. That's uh, also earlier in the show. The uh, Eminem lose yourself. She's messing around with my phone, trying to keep her entertained. Uh, anywho, so yeah, Verlander has pitched in like a World Series in the last three decades. I'm pretty sure, maybe four. And what's crazy is with all those starts and all those pitches. His uh, first win came this year in this series. Really? Yeah. And they did win in six games. Uh, you mentioned the perfect game. That wasn't by one person. That was a, yeah. a, uh, a perfect game. You know, a lot of old heads would have wanted the uh, – I can't remember the starter's name. I should, uh, being a sports guy. They would have wanted him to try to keep finishing. Uh, but – uh, it was probably, you know, at least four or five guys. I really didn't watch the World Series, just kind of caught up on like, you know, little tidbits here and there from Sports Center and other various uh, outlets. So, yeah. But uh, we did, we, we avoided a recession. That's, that's the good news. Every year the Phillies have won the World Series, there's been a recession. You can look it up. This dates all the way back to like when they had some different name. Um, you know, like a hundred years ago or so. So Man, we already tried like in a mini joint. So that's what I'm saying. But we <laughs> we potentially avoided one. So there's that. Um, yeah, it's over. You know, Nats weren't in it, so I I didn't really right. Who gives a hate? Yeah, I am surprised though. Just just in terms of bats alone, that the Yankees didn't make it further. Um, although I guess they were close to going to the World Series, right? They lost to Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they lost in the, the I mean, ALCS. Yeah, with the bats they have, man, what a force. But uh, yeah, I guess Houston was just a little bit better. So, like, yeah, if, I, if I had to pick a team to win, it would have been the Strohs because the Braves could not win back to back after we just won the World Series. That would have been awful. Um, Don't care for the Phillies. Don't care for the Mets. The Padres winning would have been nice. Um, Other than the Astros. But, yeah, like all our ops were in the playoffs this But, yeah, that's going to do it for us, y'all. That's a wrap. We might be back sometime. 
before the Eagles game to talk about the Eagles game. Um, but you know, other than that, we just chilling. Y'all know the vibe. Um it is. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Commander 24-7, formerly known as WFTD, the classified. Um, shout out to my man Juan Gotti. He just started a new show, Top of the Morning. Um, it's on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, streaming on YouTube to come out later in the day um, for podcasts. And yeah, and everybody else. Like, um, Shout out to my guy, Rio Robinson. Pedro Schmidt, um, and all the reporters too, like Rick Snyder, JD Finley, um, John Kine. I got it right. I had to think about it because I've been calling that man Keen forever, like ever since the show started. I kept calling that man John Keen. Shout out to Kine, man. Um, yeah, honestly, everybody except for the sports junkies. Sorry, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, nah, they just, they, hopefully now that the team is like, now that it's going to be new ownership, that they'll change their ways a little, but like, I don't know, they just, it just seemed like they harped on the team too much. Like, they weren't fair with them. Like, they really had a personal vendetta against them. And there's a lot of people over in Windows Six Seven that feel that way, but I don't think Grant and Danny and um, D. Mission Finley. I don't think they are like everybody else over there. You've been fans for a long time. Some people are kind of jaded, you know. But that's that's a convo for another day, my man. So I'll catch you on the flip side. And uh, everybody else, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And if you do, name it after me. I, uh, peace. Take her easy. <laughs>